0: Hello, fellow screenwriters. This is Rob. As some of you may know, we've offered the series How to Make a Movie for $1,000 on my Perspective Mofo YouTube channel. But you guys have been asking for something more in-depth on the subject. And as we rebrand into the Cinema Challenge series, based on your comments and feedback, we are able to offer something in the form of a live virtual workshop just in time for the holidays. Now, we wouldn't offer you guys anything we didn't believe would be of real value. And at $70 for admission, This is the perfect gift for the filmmaker in your life or in your heart who's got a story to tell with only an iPhone and maybe a coffee can full of loose change for a film budget. You can make that dream come true. You can bring that film to life, and we'll tell you how. Included with admission will be your workshop workbook, and during the workshop, we'll take you through pre-production to production to post, starting with how to develop your idea into a workable screenplay, what equipment you'll absolutely need, how to feed your cast and crew on a budget, and where you can get powerful editing software for absolutely free. We break down the dream into workable chunks so that success is achievable, even or especially with a day job. And if you sign up now before the holidays, we will also shout out your film. All you have to do is send us the trailer for for your $1,000 or micro budget feature within a year of taking the workshop and we'll promote you on our various social medias related to the Bespectacled Muffle content, as well as the YouTube channel itself. To sign up, visit the link in the description for your first step towards telling the story that's burning a hole inside you. There are three dates available in early 2023, but with limited seating, we believe those spots are going to go filled up fast. So again, go to the link in the description or email me at rob for more details. We can't wait to help jumpstart your cinematic journey in 2023. Thanks so much for supporting us in this new venture. Happy holidays. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, my name is Robert Higgins.
1: And I'm Kate
0: Tuxford. And this is episode 63 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms from the perspective of writers just like you. Um, in episode 55, Kate Tuxford, we discussed the outlining. The way, uh,
1: the only way to go.
0: Yes, yes. But this time it's my turn. We're gonna talk about the pants. Um, ah. It's all about pantsing this episode. Um, however, of course, we must as always discuss what is screenwriting Twitter, uh, Twitter about this week? Take it away, Zach. It's just another day in screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama. It's just another day in screenwriting drama. It's another day in screenwriting drama. And so I found it weird that this the lesson that studios seem to learn, and I said this on Twitter uh, this week from the latest round of trailers that got released, and there were quite a few, but the lesson that seemed to be learned was In a world of Transformers and Indiana Jones, be a cocaine bear. Um, Cocaine bear just came out of the woodwork. And the first, the poster came out and set everybody on fire. And then the trailer came out and it was everything that everyone hoped for. They were like, yes, this is just mayhem with a bear doing cocaine and killing people. Mm -hmm. And people are already like... uh, preliminary uh like well uh pre-calling it what what uh, what's the word i'm looking for i don't know they are already sort of pre-naming this the best movie of 2023 um <laughs> just which I, I think is premature extremely premature but you know people love their cocaine bears um, yeah
1: i think i think it's, it's it's this new great powdery white hope for them
0: um i if, whoa. um I mean, is
1: I mean, I think I think the thing this is the, the message behind this is number one, re reboots aren't necessarily. I mean, every once in a while you get a great, you know, like Top Gun two or something, or right. Indiana Jones trailer looks a lot better than Crystal Skull, but you know, for the most part, people are kind of excited with a brand new, in this place, incredibly stupid, but actually based on historical events idea.
0: Well, I, there were people that seemed really excited about the things, and from a writing standpoint, you know, of course, the uh, screenwriting Twitter, I saw um, a lot of people sort of bringing back, there was another period we had of a few years ago, where people were doing nothing but slutty titles, something else had come out, and so then all these people wanted to put down, like, slutty titles. So um, like,
1: Fuck Buddies, and- Yeah, you know, Heroin which
0: Rabbit, which is from mm-hmm. Jay Serrano, and- And then I was talking about my movie Wagner's Roost, which is about uh, a demonic moose, a demonic horny moose. And Noah Harold, whom I love, uh, shout out to Noah Harold, suggested the the title, a retitling of the movie "Fuck Moose," um, which I'm almost sort of with. Like you know, even if it's just to get like noticed because uh another uh screenwriting friend of ours um brad johnson was saying like if you had a really good log line and the title fuck moose you could probably get a read request for almost every person that you query um because who wouldn't want to read a movie called fuck moose yeah i
1: was gonna say my old boss sometimes would request reads as a like that he found interesting and put them on my desk just to see like what my reaction would be like here you're gonna read this today so here a fair minimum fuck yeah have fun you're welcome
0: yeah and you're like oh my god did you yeah. really just put a script down on my desk that is called fuck moose
1: yeah exactly Jesus christ
0: um but yeah so I mean, not to say anything against the trans. The Transformers trailer actually looked pretty good, and Indiana Jones. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my comments off of that. I I just I'm not feeling Indiana Jones. I'm like, if, if you're getting beat the if you if you're getting your ass kicked by a, an almost 80 year old man, um, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Harrison Ford is old as dirt. Um, you know, like I I sleep wrong. And I and and and, and like I, I I'm been paying for days. Harrison Ford is in his 80s or close maybe, enough to 80s. Maybe
1: he sleeps right. I day. guess so. He's like better Star Wars money, yeah. that
0: teachers' money. You know, Indiana Jones just sleeps right. You know what I mean? He's part of that elder generation, the greatest generation. So they they don't they don't have back problems. Um, they
1: certainly don't talk about them. They just yeah, die they just one day they yeah, just they just, kill just
0: over. yeah, they just up and die. Anyway, I, I, you know, whatever. Indiana Jones 5, sure, why not? Um, Dial of the, what is the title? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Come on, guys. That's the worst title I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, why the alliteration? There's no other alliteration, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. That's such a terrible title. It feels like a Dora the Explorer episode. Dora the Explorer and the Dial of Destiny.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And all these people who like usually rail about like nostalgia were just like, oh my God, the John Williams score. I just want to, I want to, I want to live in it. I want to, I want to, oh, this movie. And I'm just like, I'm looking at it. And uh, my biggest problem with it, I think, just from looking at the trailer, I do love
1: you preface this. as You're like, I'm not going to talk about it, but here you are talking about it. Yeah, here I am. All right. Well,
0: this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. But like, I'm looking at it and it doesn't look like the other. Indian. it looks, does it does look like Crystal Skull, um, in terms of the thing, but, you know, you look at the first three Indiana Jones movies, and I know those were shot on film, and this obviously was not, but you're looking at it, and you're just like, this doesn't, this doesn't look like an Indiana Jones movie, it, uh, uh, but anyway, that's, whatever, I guess, uh, 2023, uh, Indiana Jones or Cocaine Bear, <laughs> we'll see what happens.
1: Make it a double feature. And then uh, you decide which one is for you.
0: Oh God! Um, speaking of cocaine bears, Kanye West uh, dominated <laughs> the news. <laughs> he makes
1: he makes our screenwriting Twitter reports here too monotonous because it's yeah. just like, what is he up to? You know, it's that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. It would be. We could do an entire podcast on Kanye West's antics, but he. I just for this is for me, it seemed like, you know, sort of interesting thing about this from a screenwriting perspective um, is when Kanye West showed up to the Alex Jones Infowars uh, talk show, whatever, and managed to make Alex Jones look like the same person in the room. That is a feat that I did not think could ever be done. Like, he yes. made Alex Jones seem s- slightly rational. There's like because
1: yeah, Alex Jones has a moment where he's like, we don't really, you know, we, are, we don't approve of Hitler. And right, we don't. That's, we yeah, don't do I,
0: that. I, the Hit, you know, the Nazis were thugs and they murdered people. And, like, there's Kanye West going, no, they didn't. Like, the Holocaust, like, if you look at the facts, it never happened. And, like... Just wow! Just wow! Yeah, like, all those ma- mass
1: graves—just oh, a coincidence, you know. Not to
0: mention the fact that he was wearing like this weird wool executioner executioner's mask. Like, yes, I. Okay. He was
1: pulling. He's pulling his little like moment, like um, like Shia LaBeouf did with the "I'm not famous anymore" more mask. massive. Right. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, whatever.
0: I whoa. There is a lot of crazy. Like I said, There's, we could spend like an entire podcast on that. I
1: think I think I think the best thing we should do is not to feed that narcissistic beast that is just spiraling down. And maybe yeah. like maybe that's probably the because somebody's, you know, every time this person gets egged on, like it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So like, I you know stop, uh, stop it. Yeah.
0: He's clear and I sort of agree with everybody, you know, that he clearly needs help, but at the mm. same time. There's no excuse for the things that he said. and the, well, thing,
1: the, mantra, you know? the mantra of my house is always just because somebody is sick doesn't give them the right to throw up on you. And I right. think this is very appropriate. You know, he needs help with what he's saying and all his anti-Semitic, you know, semi comments. It's just, it's not right. And it's right. not right for him to throw them up on everybody who's, you know, everybody else just minding their own business. And he's just like, Wah! Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of someone vomiting all over people, uh, Elon Musk apparently wants to build his own phone. Um, this, to me, is kind of a gift. I want to see this happen just because this kind of ass kicking that would inevitably follow. Like I'm be, I'll be the first person to say that it would that it would be a, a complete ass kicking. Because Elon Musk has never invented anything in his life. And I said this on Twitter, in order for Elon Musk to go up against both Apple and Google at the same time building his own phone, he'd literally have to invent Stark tech. Like there's no, there's what, like Apple didn't write the book on the smartphone, but they did like, uh, well, they did write the book on, they didn't invent the smartphone, but they did write the book on it. Um, They, they,
1: They set the standard. Right and in and that you know. When somebody says "Hand me your smartphone," we automatically assume it's going to be an iPhone.
0: Right, um, you know, and then
1: we get a the Samsung or Google, and we go, "Oh, that's, that's different." That's cute. Yeah.
0: Um, so so you know. I mean,
1: <laughs> I think he's just. I don't know. I I am all for it because every time he does this, he's just wasting his money.
0: Yeah, I. You know and
1: I I enjoy that because he's gonna be paying somebody to just spin circles and, and lose money and Tesla stock keeps going down which is delightful.
0: Yeah. I just feel and like I say this know, with
1: Schadenfreude obviously.
0: Yeah. yeah. But my thing is is like the ass kicking, like the public ass kicking that like you know, you would never expect like a like a treat a, a team up between Apple and Google, but they absolutely would team up to put Elon Musk out of business. Yeah. Um and the the whooping that would, that would follow as they like dragged him in their advertisements would be absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure if Elon Musk made phones as well as he makes cars, um, there'd be a lot of problems. Um, you know, the first line of anything has a significant amount of problems that always happens. And you've got to come out flawless in a, in a landscape that is already oversaturated by the two phone companies. Um, Like, what are you doing?
1: Like, yeah. What are you doing? And he's what twenty years behind? Yeah. That's, you know, no big deal. Twenty years behind.
0: So yeah, okay. As I was sure. say,
1: the, the the best thing he could do would be like do a takeover and get some technology from another like third party. I don't know why I'm giving any business advice, but you definitely have to buy something they don't have.
0: My thing is, is like, why would you like? People keep saying, "Well, he's protecting free speech." And I'm like, okay.
1: That's why he banned
0: Kanye, right? Right, he did ban Kanye. <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, some cocaine pairs you just you can't let them run rampant. Um, but yeah, I, for me, it's like I don't. If you, why does like free speech mean people running around saying the n word? Like, why is that a thing? Like, why is it that like all of a sudden, like you know, we have to we have to platform these other people, like, it was so great, because all those people had moved to truth social, and it was just, like, so much less of that, um, yeah, I
1: think, I think it's just these, these, you know, uh, I don't have the world, I mean, I think there are people who, who are saying it just, I mean, it's kind of like, you remember being, like, a six-year-old and learning a naughty word, and then trying to say it private, privately amongst (laughs) your friends to see posturing who's the coolest and who can get away with it right i mean that's the entire premise of the penis game right or when
0: Which you should, the, wait yeah. what the, the 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 penis game i'm you sorry never the played game.
1: the penis game
0: apparently not what is the penis game
1: the, well i'm we need to get people talking about this because i guess it's regional but the idea is okay. in class or somewhere public amongst your friends you all tried saying the word penis, but louder than the other person. So the first person whispers it, then the second person has to get louder. And the person who says penis loudest is the winner.
0: Okay, so this is what that thing that they did in uh, 500 Days of Summer. Um yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, see? It's real. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right, Kate Tucker.
1: We... I'm, we've now learned Rob has never played the penis game. No, I have you, not played You the can penis use game. other words, but penis tends to carry very far because of the hard consonants.
0: The question is, has Elon Musk played the penis game? Um,
1: I am 100% sure <laughs> he's doing it right now. It's funny wow. when you're 10 or maybe even like 12. But if you're doing it when you're, you know, how old is he now? 40s, 50s? I don't know. Yeah. Sober. You're just sad.
0: Um speaking of sad, um, screenwriting Twitter is was dead, it seemed like for a few weeks. Like there was after Elon came and took over, it was hard finding anything in my feed that was sort of screenwriting related. Everything was like the world is on fire. Um, but I'm I'm starting to see there's sort of um, you know, people have multiple accounts now and everybody sort of spread between like Mastodon and Hive. Hive was like the number one social media app last week um and but then you know then of course the amount of people migrating there forced them to shut down um because they weren't ready for it and so but you know people are sort of because you know as cindy bagel was saying there's there's you know as much as these new apps you know don't feature um nazis or uh white supremacists you know they also they don't have you know the sort of um they don't have the community um, and that's, you know, screenwriting Twitter, you know, that well, I was seeing a lot of people, you know, st- even this week saying that they got jobs uh, by, you know, uh, screenwriting Twitter. Um, they make friends and, you know, you and I both have met uh, a lot of cool people sometimes uh, uh, in real life and sometimes just, you know, over the internet, you know, as we continue to, um, yeah. you know, network because that's very important and you know in this line of work but um you know i i don't know i love screenwriting twitter i'm glad to sort of see it make a comeback um it's it's, it really feels like you know sitting in a bar um when there are a bunch of zombies outside you know it's only a matter of time before they break in it's like the last act of Shaun of the dead
1: and and Um, one of them has been bitten and hasn't told anybody
0: right (laughs) right
1: we're going to have amongst screenwriting Twitter, like, a secret racist troll that we're like, oh, E2, I, who, who knew you were secretly here all along? Yeah,
0: the whole time. Oh, no.
1: No.
0: But, yeah, this, it was, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, that that we can um, sort of get back to things as, the you know, the way they used to be. But I don't, I just don't think that's possible. But it was nice this week, at least to see screenwriting Twitter being screenwriting Twitter. Somewhat, yeah, when we weren't talking about Kanye West being a Nazi.
1: Um, yeah, I it's you know it's kind of like Elon Musk built the Tesla phone, right? The last thing we talked about, right? Uh, you know, it's Twitter's been around so long, establishing that community that whatever's going to potentially pop up needs to like kick it in gear if they're really going to you know catch that attention, take that over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the days of MySpace, but you know, Facebook had come in whole force you know it has right to be better sharper less ads less annoying more people on it etc etc like it had to do a lot to get people to go oh yeah i need to go over there
0: yeah also you didn't have to like suffer through like listen to people's shitty music that were like playing on their like profiles remember that I found
1: i found some good bands
0: there were some, but like there you get to yeah. a, like somebody's page and you'd be like, oh my God, you listen to this? The lust yeah. that you like posted and you couldn't get rid of the sound. It was just like there. That's it was true. like it was just awful. And yeah. I remember just like, oh, I don't have to deal with this on Facebook. Yeah, um, exactly. People have to
1: like post the sound and now you gotta
0: click on it. Exactly. Plus Facebook had that sort of uh this sort of exclusivity exclusivity thing when it first started out where you had to have the right kind of kind of email. I remember it was like, ooh, yeah. do you have a work email? oh do you have a yeah, school and, email
1: and as we know from <clears throat> social network it was various schools that went to first it was like right. Ivy League schools had facebook so like if you were in you know mesa community college in arizona mm-hmm. like that was something you weren't on and you wanted to get on and then it eventually came to you yeah right
0: and then you know it was like that whole thing where it was like oh yeah uh I've got an invite, you know, I can send it to you, you know, that sort of thing. People will get on the Same on there thing and be
1: like, with Gmail. Yeah. People, yeah. Would, people would be like, oh I got I remember that. Yeah. Invite. And it was like, ooh, ooh. Um I think I think if Hive or Mastodon, which we didn't even talk about, but Mastodon is just um confusing for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um I've only peeked over there, so I don't have a full review of Mastodon. Um if I don't know. If, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I've been really just hanging out on various Discord's of screenwriting groups right now because
0: uh, Discord, page, I think, uh, is definitely having the, the the best sort of thing because it's already sort of there and can handle like large groups of people, and so you don't have to worry about um, yeah sort of the thing crashing. But if you're you know if you don't mind like sort of chatting the way that you know people used to do an IRC in like the 90s, like you know the late 90s, early 2000s you know, then Discord is for you, but. Yeah, again, it's not it's as not,
1: fun and whimsical. You can't search by topic. you just right. get that, you know, what people are posting right now. And that's it's very
0: cool. sort of, sort yeah. of individualized in terms of the groups that you're in and stuff like yeah. that. It feels like each, each Discord is its own community uh, where it doesn't feel like you can step outside where it's like, you know, screenwriting, I mean, Twitter, you, you know, you can be you on can. screenwriting Twitter and then sort of, you know hit the trending and then go through a completely different thing you know
1: yeah yeah Or you can search by keyword i think you mm-hmm. can follow individual people on discord but like what i love about twitter is it's the people i follow i get their posts first so i'm like oh no i know what rob is up to this is right. rob's day versus you know i have thousands of followers and people i follow so like if i if not i it would just be like swimming you know i'd never find your posts. Right. um so yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a hard thing to to try to surpass. I'm I'm not against it. I just honestly kind of hope Elon will sell it on down the river.
0: Yeah, or uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens.
1: To, to Stephen um, King, that's my goal. Stephen King yeah. it. and then he's like, Twitter is that's my fantasy. Twitter is what it should be all along. Maybe Stephen King can have a monster eat Elon
0: Musk. That would be uh, the best case scenario. Maybe it would be Stephen King's cocaine bear eats um, Elon Musk. And there we came all the way around. Um, Pretty
1: sure he had a cocaine dog, but okay.
0: But um, okay, so the topic of this week is pantsing. Pantsing, Kate Tuxford. This is how it gets down. I know. I
1: feel like I feel like you're ready to get up and dance on my sadness right now. We're talking about pantsing.
0: You know what I mean? And this is the thing. Um, like I recently found out this week um, that the one of the biggest movies of the year, Barbarian, was written uh, pantsed. Um, if you make sense, yeah. If you look at, the, if you listen to um, the podcast uh, script apart with Zach Krieger, um, you know he talks in depth about his sort of pantsing process where he just he was writing something and he just was trying to get to a place where you know and when he got bored he turned left um and just you know went to wherever like you know his sort of passion took him and that to me is Sort of like the the key because for me like I, like you know like Zach was saying like if you're writing something and you don't necessarily know where it's going but you feel like you know where it's going like you you know the thing is is that we've all seen movies everyone you know that you know well, well hopefully you've seen movies um you know if you want to be
1: amazing movies. if somebody stumbled across started to, I was like I don't it.
0: watch movies but you I've actually you know you and I have probably both met those people like I don't watch movies. Like you're a screenwriter. Buy
1: my like, screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. And novelists are like that too. They're like, I don't read novels.
0: Oh, I don't oh, read novels. Yeah. But like you know, I, ideally you you've watched a movie. Ideally you've watched a lot of movies, and you sort of know the way movies go. Not necessarily in a sort of save the cat formula, but like a beginning, middle, and an end. Like you've seen, you know, probably the big ones. You know, you've seen at least for this generation. You know, you've seen your your Back to the Futures and your Princess Brides and. You know your Breakfast Clubs, not the, the this is all eighties movies, but like you know your your diehards, your your Lethal Weapons, your God these are all eighties movies. Um, but like
1: your Parasite, you yeah, go. your
0: Parasites. You know you've seen you've seen movies. You know you've how seen
1: some interesting stuff, yeah. Right,
0: you know how the structure of a movie goes. You know how stories get told. So you for me it's just like the first thing that I the thing that I try to do when I you know as a as a writer is I'm just watching the movie in my head. I'm yeah. just like I have an idea, I have these characters. The thing that I might do, which doesn't really count as an outline, is that I might write out the histories of the characters so I know like where they're coming from. Um I might do that. I have I've done it without. There are certain scripts like my script American Monster which just came out fully formed. Um you know, you just I'm just literally watching the movie in my head where I was like I want to I want to write a movie that's like Rambo but if the if it was written by Aaron Sorkin um and then just like there you go there's there was the the sort of thing, and it just the movie came out fully formed, and you know sometimes um you know it makes you seem like a functional schizophrenic, but like you know there's you know you're just getting the process of it um you know seeing letting your passion sort of take you where you go you know, you just sit down and you just you give yourself permission to be on the page and you're just almost like a stenographer you're just getting it all down and you know go through and um like uh just getting the script down and just like when you get bored or when you think the story is being too like predictable if you're like i would i would see that coming go left and because mm-hmm. you don't have an outline you don't have like a thing that's weighing you down you're just like okay we'll go over here i remember when i was reading like when i was um when i was um uh, when i was writing around the world there's a moment in the film where I was like, that's dangerous. And there, there's a moment that happens in the film where like I had the two characters, like sort of get into a physical co- confrontation, um, in the middle of the movie. And I remember thinking that's really dangerous. And at that point, I literally like, I stopped writing in the, what I call the main timeline and I just took a piece of scrap paper and I just started writing out what I thought would happen if they got into this altercation. And it was so good that I was like, okay, all right, that's good. And then I went back and rewrote it in the, in the main timeline, but I was just, I was just giving myself permission to go and be like, okay, this is all right, let's go off book. Um, And I feel like that's sort of what pantsing sort of gives me the freedom to do. Um, But the thing is, is that just in the same way that you, that you have to, you know, that you, we've all seen movies, you have to know the rules. That's the thing about like pantsing. You have to know, sort of, the save the cat structure. Even if you like, even if you don't want to follow the save the cat structure, if you listen to Zach Krieger when he talks about it, he also talks about the fact that he, you know, he writes movies beat for beat, sometimes by the save the cat structure. So yeah. you know what it is. But I know you know you have to know the rules so that you can break them. Like yeah, and um, I think
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna argue if you study structure, save the cat structure is just a three act structure right you know, and and it's it's classic it's been around for ages and there are different perspectives but one thing about that structure is it basically makes sure you have a new plot point to push the story forward every seven to eight pages so right. no matter what it's reminding you like hey don't don't idle you know you've established this now move on you know it definitely reminds you to like ski daddle
0: yeah i i always treat the um I This is the, the sort of trick that I do when I'm panting. As I always know that if my script goes over 100 pages, immediately somebody's going to go, oh, you know what I mean? 90 to 100 pages, you're good. Somebody's yes. like, all right. But if you go over 100 pages, you know somebody, even if it's like, you know, a few pages, people are just like, uh. like, why are you yeah. special? So, you know, for immediately, like, so I immediately, in, like, treat that as like my own kind of ticking clock. And that sort of inspires me to put ticking clocks in the movie, where I'm just like, because I know I have my own ticking clock in these pages, where I'm like, I've only got 90 pages to do this. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, like 100 at the most.
1: I think it's nice to, you can always, when it goes in development, add more pages when somebody gives you a note or something. Right. But it's almost kind of like. I just feel like there's a sense of like purity that you've made it mean and mean and like you just have it boiled down to your story so that you guys can all agree on something. You know, that they're the, like, this is the story we're excited about telling. Sometimes when I've had scripts, I haven't had a script really go over a hundred pages in a couple of years now, cause I'm a 90 page Steve out um, but- uh, Braggadocious. I know, I know. Um, I also do TV pilots, which are nowhere near 90 pages, so that's different um but the the thing about it is it's very hard for people to then suggest cuts or areas that are um lagging because there's no room to lag right you know and and sometimes when there's a bit of fluff or something that's when a person starts going oh what's this here and they start tearing it apart or trying to incorporate it more or you know but if you don't have it they can't, they can't find fault. So it's right. kind of like, you you only want to put stuff forward that you're like, no, I need this. I'm willing to fight to the death for it.
0: Yeah. The, the, you know, one of the scripts that I, that I keep optioning, um, sovereign citizens, <laughs> um, you know, like I, the original script was 96 pages. It was a very nice. tight 96 pages. And when I got the option back, they were just like, we want it to be, we want these changes. And I was like, "All right, fine." And then, but I, when I did that, the script sort of ballooned up to like a one ten. But they were fine with it because they asked for the changes, and then they didn't. When you know, I had done the changes that they'd asked for, and they were fine with the script blowing up past what it had been. But that yep. was after they make, asked me to make changes. But well, to well, then read they
1: it, get to, yeah, they get to put in their stuff. It mm-hmm. then became customized, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: But the, you know, before when they when they were just like, oh, this is a good template for us." This is what we want. This is a story we'd like to tell. 96 pages. That was, you know, the door, to get in the door, you had to follow follow the rules. Um, but then afterwards, like you said, it, it, you know, when they want to customize it, when they have producer's notes and things like that, that's when you can sort of, you know, add on pounds if you have to. Um, but yeah, only- and,
1: it's, and only then. And it's, it's it's not that your story isn't complete before then, but everybody, you know, it's you know, everybody sometimes wants to put on their own custom, mm-hmm. you know, ownership and, and giving that to them makes it feel like it's their project. So having that space is just always great. Right. Um, and also it gives you room to like not cut something that's important because sometimes if like an exec comes in and it's like, I really need this one scene, you might have to cut out a necessary important scene if you have a long script. But you right. can always tag that scene in and then if you film it and go well, yeah that script you know that scene that the exec want died on the cutting floor fine you right. know because you still have your full story
0: right that's a champagne problem because at that point the movie's already been made yeah. but um you know the other thing is is like
1: i, I would love to have more champagne problems Yeah. So
0: would I, I talk about um the other thing is is like when you go left um you know and like i like i talked about you know there's you know there's times where you're like oh this is kind of scary which is good because Mm -hmm. if it's scary then you're like oh that's you know if it touches you in a place where it just makes you nervous it'll make the audience nervous theoretically but if you're in a place where you're just like "Oh, oh wow okay so don't be afraid to do that because you know even if it's not necessarily set up you can always go back and put it in and sort of the the caveat to that sort of part two to that is that I believe, and I will die on this hill, that the any solution to your script is almost always in your narrative. It's all if you have a third act problem, go back to your first act and set it up with something that's already there. I guarantee you, this is one of those rules, and I know most rules are like, you know, every rule is nine out of ten. But I really feel feel like this is one of those nine out of ten or ten out of ten rules the problems that you're having in your third act the problem is not only in your first act but it's all the solution is already inside of the script
1: yes and i feel i want to add that i feel that's often the way for like a twist as well i was talking about this the other day in class and um you know if you plan a movie and you already plan all your twists you don't really have room to find out what would be a twist for your characters or what would be a very specific mm, for them right. you know, like barbarian for example since you brought it up like there's some (laughs) twists and turns in there but if you if you went in and planned okay it's page 10 now it's time to have my twist and this is the twist if you're writing to that then as you saw barbarian and uh, it's on hbo max right now for anybody who hasn't seen it right um you'll miss some of these like subtle like oh wow this is particularly twisty for this character or wow Mm -hmm. this is particularly something bad because We've spent so long with them, so I always think like things like that, like your twists, your extra layers, those are great for like a second or third draft. Once you, you know, Stephen King mentions this on right in his book on writing, which is he doesn't really work on his his um, motifs until he writes a first draft and sees what naturally kind of right. ca- what came, came out
0: of like the script yeah what came out in a book in the first time yeah
1: yeah and he specifically mentioned carrie once he finished the draft of carrie he's like oh blood I blood keeps coming here she has a period like all this stuff and so he realized like oh that's a motif right you know that's that's what where i'm naturally going with this story so then he leaned into it i think too often when you're writing that first draft you think you have to have like all your symbolism right all your themes you know and really you know, a lot of writers I know who pants, like Rob, spend their first time just watching their character going on a journey and seeing where they wind up.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I will say that a lot of the biggest problem with pantsing is sort of the compression of time because yeah. you also you some you sort of always end up like writing like what happens next? What happens next? What happens next? Um, but you know, you just sort of you have to understand that, and again, this is knowing the rules, where, like, you know, the the compression of time is going to be natural unless something is happening, like, in real time, which yeah. is why I think I write a lot of real-time movies. Um, but, yeah, there's there's got to be sort of a compression of time. But the other thing is that I, the the reason why I pants, and this is one of the things that I feel like, or reason why I don't outline, is because... I don't write anything I don't like. Um, yes, unless
1: we're getting paid, then we'll
0: write it. Right, <laughs> then right. we'll Um In a spec script, you know, you know, there I have people who say things like, you know, like, oh, I wrote this, and you know, I didn't think it was that strong, but you know, this was in the outline, and I'm just like, no, man. Like, I, 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 I the only thing when I write something and I finish it. Um, like when I get into the place where I'm actually sending it to people, I already like it. Now, that doesn't mean things aren't missing. And I can certainly, that like I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I haven't written anything that I don't like. Um, I'm not writing things that I'm bored with. And so yeah. for me, like, you know, it's interesting to me. Um, it gives me like a, because I've had those experiences where I have written things with an outline. And then, you know, and going back and rewriting and trying to make it work. You know, it feels like work, but like, you know, whereas like I feel like when I'm, when I've written something that just came out of my brain, just off the dome, when I go back, I'm just, I'm just strengthening what's already there. And I feel like, you know, oh, that's a good idea. Somebody will give me a note and it puts me in the right head head headspace to sort of take the note. I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'm willing to take ideas because it's already strengthening something that I already enjoy. And so it just gives me that sort of freedom to um, be in a space where I can take criticism much easier than like somebody will say something like, well, you know, in the first act, you know, so-and-so did the thing and you never really sort of pay that off and you're like, oh
1: God. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then, you know, then you're just like, Ugh. And then that's how scripts get dropped. You know, you're just like, whatever. I don't want to go back to that. I'm just going to work on something else. Some of the, you know, you get another idea and you're like, oh, shiny over here. Um, Yeah,
1: it's, it's, there's certain scripts that, yeah, you feel like uh, there's, I didn't want to do it to begin with, and now I'm getting notes and I don't want to do the notes. I (laughs) I tell this to my my students as well. I'm like, please pick a concept. You're excited about it because they have to work on it for a year in in my school, Um, which is great because they're learning everything that comes with writing a feature. But, you know, if you don't like it on week two, you are stuck you know, or or you have to find something else and, you know, catch up. So, like, finding something, if this is the spec world and you're writing something for you, you should be really excited to work on it every day. I've had a few scripts that actually I slowed down uh, writing because I didn't want them to end. Uh, And I, like, enjoyed every day just, like, adding one scene, Hmm. you know, or something because I was like, I don't want it to be. You're enjoying
0: the characters. You're enjoying the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I had a a couple where people were like, oh, you need to, you need to stop. You need, you're
0: done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just to sort of speak on, you know, the, like I wrote the original draft of Sovereign Citizens in 2015. It's been optioned several times and I just got another read request for it this week and I had to go through it and do a polish just to make sure it was in like good shape. And so I did a polish on it, but that's a script that's been, that's seven years old and I'm still doing polishes on it and I had to go through the 90 so pages of the thing and just like, okay, here we go again and like, you know, do that and if you are like bored of your script you know, because you've been through it a half a billion times, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing you're going to be like, oh, again I'm gone Um, and you know, that's don't write anything you don't like just don't. You
1: know who probably really liked their script the writer of Cocaine Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting up every day and going, "This is what I'm doing." This is what I'm this doing. It. This is it.
0: And I'm writing here for Elizabeth Banks. Um, you know, Elizabeth Banks is does not get enough credit. The woman is clearly talented, and like multi-talented.
1: Multi-talented, absolutely. Um, I mean, I grew up on Elizabeth Banks, so I'm I'm not surprised. I'm just glad everyone else is catching up.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. Yeah, uh don't write anything you don't write. Pantsing is you know, it's not for everybody, but you know, maybe you want to try it once, you know, just just try it. Try it, you know, then you can be on my side of the fence and you Are can you tell K Tuxford to where to ah. go and ah. be like K Tuxford Rob was right. Pantsing is is the way to go. Mm-mm. It's all pantsing all the time. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the bottom line because Rob Hagen says so. So, um, let's move on to what are we watching, consuming, uh, writing? Um, yeah. Upon, uh, yeah, Kate Tuxford's advice. I watched Made for Love. Um, and it, it's a little sloppy, but you know what? Um, it's a pretty good watch. The scene at the end of the season with um, the two main characters in the diner is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so great. Yes. Um, It feels like something that I would have written. That um, that
1: did make me think of you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, There was a sort of a cop-out beginning to the second season where I was like, oh, my God, speaking of going left, and then it takes it back like two seconds later, and I was like, no, that would have been great. Yeah. No, they didn't have the balls. Um, but that would, that would have been really, really interesting. Anyway, um, I really liked Made for Love. I haven't finished the second season, but I am going to. I, I really is, enjoyed it.
1: It did get canceled, but the end of season two is quite good. I I wish it hadn't been canceled, because I feel like they hit their stride, and, uh, you know, I think the nice thing about something like this, it almost kind of reminds me of, like, The Good Place, like, how do you reinvent the problem? So it's a new, mm-hmm. it's the same problem, but it's, different and there's a new layer and more interesting and they definitely ended with a intriguing new problem that i was like i want to see what happens and then the discovery merger
0: i think the thing that i love about it is the fact that it makes that it has these characters that are on the page like completely ridiculous
1: yeah um like romano and his his right and his doll doll wife, yeah
0: um you know and you know the like uh the gogol um uh, you know it's just he's absolutely um completely ridiculous but you know they they find a way to humanize these characters in a way that really um keeps you invested in them yeah. and uh, it's 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 a real high wire act it's not as good as something like upload which i feel is in the same sort of uh classification I know, but you know? i do enjoy
1: upload as well
0: right um, Upload, I think, is is better as a show, but it's it, it's a it's a great companion piece. So if you're a fan of Upload, I would also recommend Made for Love. Um, yeah. I also watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and the perfect Guardian, Thanksgiving
1: movie,
0: right? And the Guardians of the Galaxy hol- uh, holiday special, nice. um which is a lot of fun. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I'm so sorry that we've lost um, James Gunn to DC. Um, that's, we're not, they, that, that feels they, like a, an insurmountable loss. I just. no,
1: but they need him. And they do need him,
0: but maker. Marvel also needs him. I just, that's so horrible. Um, but yeah, I, the Gardens of the Galaxy Holiday Special, I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for Gardens of the Galaxy 3. Um, and I finished a draft, uh, of the smaller script for my super secret project. Um, Kate Ooh. Tuxford gave me some notes.
1: Oh, I did, Tuxford. I did
0: um and now it is out to you know uh folks that will be performing it um and i hope to finish the second draft of my horror script by christmas and uh, as a personal goal i would like to clear out the queue of scripts that i have in sort of first or second draft format um get them all to like um queryable format by march that's my goal k-talks that's a good goal
1: yeah it's like
0: all of my sort of i have like four or five scripts that are that are not queryable yet but i want to get them all to that point by march okay. uh, trying, to okay.
1: this,
0: trying to get this money so okay. what about you what are you uh doing in
1: um yeah so i am finishing up my semester with my students so obviously they come first and um I'm also watching. I watched this week. I watched uh, and binged the heck out of it Wednesday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so fun. Totally, you know, it's just a fun, dark, quirky vibe. It feels, it feels, you know, you definitely get that like homage feel, but also you get some like newness and kind of like a more her POV tone. So I enjoyed it immensely. Um, and that was definitely the winner of the house this week. And then, um, and since then. They keep playing. They, there's a they do the instrumental version of Metallica in there from Apocalyptica, the <laughs> band. Yeah, and so that that's been blaring in my house while we put up Christmas decorations.
0: Um, Merry Christmas, indeed.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so that that was really popular. My family. I was on set last weekend, um, which is part of why you and I didn't have a new podcast. I was being, right. um, and uh, my family took that moment to go watch glass onion without sons
0: of bitches
1: i know i was like i thought i loved you i was buying christmas presents for each and every yeah i'll
0: be like nope amazon's getting returns this week fuck you guys like yeah
1: so so i'm getting over that and i'm gonna i'm uh planning with my friend julia white we're gonna do a a amc stubs uh month of movie binges at the theater as a as a way to fill the whole heart yeah
0: well, um, that sounds like a good time. Um,
1: oh, yeah. I'm writing. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm finishing a, a queer rom-com treatment. I think that I tell you about it based on an Edith Wharton novel. So I think really you did. Exci- yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's the treatment is about done. And then um, I don't know if I'm going to write it right now or not, but I definitely wanted to like have a complete take. Um, yeah. And it's a very like fun to read treatment. You know, sometimes treatments are just for you and they're not fun to read. But my treat this treatment is other people to read so it's i got to use some like fun prose.
0: good times yeah um this week's resource is um the moleskin volant journals um these journals Yeah. yeah it is um these are my best friends uh because i can capture my thoughts as they fall out of my head um i you know i keep multiple pens on me at all times um, and I usually never go anywhere without at least two notebooks on, on me at all times. Um, so, but these these journals are usually one of them. They come in uh, pocket size and also longer pocket size. Um, and I keep them in my back pocket and they, they were they were sort of instrumental, um, especially when I was working uh, building houses. And I would just get an idea. And I was like, I don't want to lose this idea. And I would just write them down and get like, sometimes it would be just like a piece of dialogue. Sometimes it would be like a whole scene. Um, And these things are just really, really great. Uh, They're durable uh, because I'm very hard on these things because they're constantly in my pocket. Um, And, you know, if you're building houses, you're like working and you know, moving around and the constant friction and stuff like that will tear most notebooks apart, as I've seen it happen. We'll yeah. tear the covers apart and tear the things off. And, but these moleskin Volant journals are tough as nails, and the covers do not fall off. And they're great to write in. Um, the ink shows up really great on the page. Um, they just have a really great, um, you know, things. And then the, the back of the journal, they have pieces that you can pull out and um, So if you want to write something that you have to like, you know, pull out like with perforated paper, they have Mm -hmm. those. Um, They're just really, really great. And, um, you know, it's I think it's great to have something, you know, that sort of allows you to capture your thoughts. Um, For a lot of us out there, like ADHD and, you know, you just I hate it when I lose my thoughts. And so I constantly have one of these things on me to keep me from losing my thoughts. There are links in the show notes um and you should check them out they're not really that expensive like you get a pack of three for like 10 bucks um and they're just really great they're they're a pack of two or three three for the small ones and two for the 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 not small ones or the longer pocket ones um but yeah they're great and um very much durable and 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 worth the money and so that is my gift to you this week um and that's our yeah um, yeah. that's our show streamwriting for the trenches can currently be found on anchor apple google and spotify podcast as well as kevinomar.com our screenwriting twitter drama theme song was written by zach morrison and used with his permission and hey since we're a new podcast we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars on whatever platform you patronize because
1: algorithms
0: K hey, tuxter we had our wrap this week um our our anchor or spotify wrapped and it had some very interesting statistics um it was like like uh for i think about for 15 of our readers we are 15 of our listeners we are their number one podcast um it's not a lot but you know what it's nice to know that there are certain uh members of you out there that for us we're your go-to and i appreciate you all
1: and Um, and that makes you our number one in our yeah yes thank you thank you uh so
0: for those of you who do have us um, as your number one, for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, please email me at com. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> still. Um, I am at RespectableMofo.
1: I am at K underscore Tux.
0: Zach is at ZachMorrison18. And these things, as well as my YouTube channel, where I have a digital series, How to Make a Movie for $1,000, which is soon to be replaced by the Cinema Challenge series. Uh, which there's some information coming up about that at the end of this podcast. Keep listening. After we close out, there will be um, some information on something that we are offering. Um, All of those will be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so.
1: Now stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves.
0: To the beloved listenership of this podcast, we'd like to offer you a present for the holiday season as some of you who have listened to our, you know, final boilerplate, uh, we offer a web series on my bespectacled mofo YouTube channel, how to make a movie for a thousand dollars. But some of you guys have been asking for something more in depth on the subject. And as we rebrand to something that we're calling the cinema challenger cinema challenge series, based on your feedback, we are able to offer something more in depth in the form of a live virtual workshop, just in time for the holidays. Now, We never offer you guys anything that we don't think is of real value. And at seventy dollars for admission, that's 30 percent off. uh, This is the perfect gift for the filmmaker in your life or the one in your heart who's got a story to tell with only an iPhone and a coffee can full of loose change for a film budget. You can make that dream come to life and we're going to tell you how. With admission, you'll get a workshop workbook and during the live uh, webinar, We'll take you through pre-production all the way to post, telling you how to to develop your idea into a workable screenplay, what equipment that you will absolutely need, how to feed your cast and crew on a budget, and where to get powerful editing software for 100% free. We break down your dream into workable chunks so that you can reach success, even with a day job. And if you sign up before the holidays, we will shout out your film. All you have to do is send us a trailer for your $1,000 slash micro budget feature within a year of taking the workshop and we'll promote you on all of our various social medias related to the Spectacle MoFo channel, as well as the YouTube channel itself. To sign up, visit the link in the show notes for your first step towards telling the story that's burning a hole inside you. There are three dates available in early 2023, but with limited seated, those are going to fill up fast. So again, Go to the link in the show notes or email me at RobertBespectacleMofo.com for more details. We can't wait to help jumpstart your journey, your cinematic journey in 2023. Thanks so much for supporting us in this venture and happy holidays.